Secret Dinosaur Cult. Secret Dinosaur Cult. Secret Dinosaur Cult. Josie Hagen of Forest and Jodie Mitchell are dog. Have daddy issues that they go to tackle her dog. You are listening to Secret Dinosaur Cult, a comedy podcast in which we try to figure out who we are through the medium of dinosaurs. I'm Jodie Mitchell, and this is Sophie Hagen. I just love the way that the word trauma reverberates <laughs> through the room. I've, we've, we got so many tweets from people saying that they, when they get that song into their minds, they just mm. walk around going, trauma! <laughs> I love that. We got a tweet from someone that said that they like alienated their whole train carriage. <laughs> we also got a tweet from someone who said that during one of the dinosaur porn erotica bits, they started banging their partner. Oh yeah, the Paul Hollywood know. erotica. Yes, the Paul the Hollywood erotica. <laughs> I don't know how to because I wrote that. Yeah, I don't know how to feel about that. Does it make you feel powerful? I think it should make you feel powerful. I mean, slightly powerful, but in the way of, like, is that what I want to use my power for? <laughs> if you do have a power, is that it? Sophie Hagen, bang master. <laughs> oh, the, the sadness of that only working on other people. <laughs> You're walking up to people in a bar being like, do you want to hear my Paul Hollywood erotica? <laughs> and they're like, yeah, now that you mention it, that, that chick behind you is quite hot. No! <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna write erotica about that. About me just not yeah. getting laid. <laughs> that's not erotica, that's my diary. <laughs> I don't know why I'm so upset about not getting laid. Also, getting laid, who says that? That's because I'm defensive. I become a bro when I'm defensive. Yeah, let's just, it. let's just acknowledge that. <laughs> so. Mm. <gasps> it's in session. What was that? The meeting is in That's session. That's the word. <laughs> we had this whole thing where we were oh like, God. is it adjourned? We, we were like, no, the opposite. the opposite. Word of adjourned, and then we just couldn't find it, but now it's happened. You don't need to know this, you but now you do. Are you okay, hon? I'm Jurassic, mate. You're just the worst. Triceratop that bitch. Wow, you really are a terrible person. Go on, I don't even get me started. The meeting is in session. <laughs> yes, welcome to uh, the official cult meeting of Secret Dinosaur Cult. Uh, to begin today's meeting, we will uh, just share some forgiveness. It's uh, the main reason that uh, you will keep coming back. Uh, is that the small print? I shouldn't say that out loud, should I? No. It's a great thing. That's great for everyone. And that's why we do it. Uh, we would like to start by asking you all to think about a horrible, horrific thing you've done in your lives. Are you all thinking of it? Do you think I should give them like a soundscape to help them remember? Yes. Oh! <laughs> no! Oh no! Remember the time you uh, mugged uh, Jodie Mitchell and she um, <laughs> mocked you sarcastically? <laughs> Not my library card! <laughs> so we're all there. And now we forgive you. We forgive you. Oh, Doesn't that feel great? Now, for the more interesting bit, us. So, <laughs> you uh, you have to laugh when I say that, because that's really disgusting if you don't. <laughs> and now for the more interesting bit, us. <laughs> so, Jodie, how have you been a terrible person? Oh, I do actually feel a bit bad about it. So, um... A few months ago, I bought my flatmate a basil plant. And she really loves basil plants, and I, I let it die. But then, I, um, we have a budge she has a budgie called a puddle. And um, I, didn't <laughs> I knew she hadn't noticed that the basil plant had died. And so I thought, because it was sort of in an out-of-the-way part of the room... So I thought that I would sort of encourage Puddle to attack it. <laughs> to sort of make it look as though Puddle had caused it to die. Um, 
I know. And then um, it caused friction in the household. <laughs> between, between my beloved flatmate and the beloved budge. And then, because I realised that it now just looked like I'd killed the basil plant and I'd made puddle maul it, like it was very obvious what had happened, <laughs> I, bought, I bought a new one. And then she was like, well, what? how has it suddenly become so healthy? And I've just lied to her. So now I've made her feel a bit mad, just to avoid admitting my own guilt. Like, is this like a basil... Like three, or are we talking like the 50p basil plants? Oh, 50p basil plant. I've become very involved. They didn't mean to. It's a slippery slope. <laughs> you make it sound like you ruined like her mother's jewelry. It's, a ba- it's basil. She really likes basil plants. <laughs> I understand. And um, Jody, I forgive you. Thank you. We forgive you. I think basil is quite bad for budgies as well. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. When you first told me about the budgie, I thought it was a dog. <laughs> yeah. I still have I... to rewire my brain whenever you say budgie to know that it's not a tiny dog. It was when I said, oh, the budgie is blue, that Sophie was like, yeah. what? <laughs> yeah. If you hadn't oh. said that, I would have kept thinking it was a dog. <laughs> So, Sophie, how have you been a terrible person? Well, so this is was this reveal the the theme um, because it's a it's a the theme for today is Christmas because today is the twenty fourth of December. <laughs> We've recorded this ahead of time. <laughs> it's actually November, but I found a Christmas themed fuck up. Um, oh, so a friend of mine. So I was going to like a Christmas get together. And um, so we, I, I thought, oh, you know, I'll, I'll buy presents for people. That would be nice. Yeah. Let's get some small, just some, you know, just a symbolic gesture. Then I arrive and it turns out that, oh, it was very much the plan that we were all going to give presents to each other. And this one woman, Corey, was very lovely. She, like the gift she had for me was like two meters tall and like huge, like a huge box. It was wrapped really beautifully. And when I opened it, it was a, a blueberry bush uh, because one of the first times we really started talking was because she was really sick uh, and she put something about jam on Facebook and I wrote that blueberry jam was like my favorite kind of jam. Mm. And then she had, um, then she had gone uh, and she's, uh, she's disabled and she'd still managed to get to the supermarket and get blueberry jam so you could taste it and understand why I liked it so much. And then when she was sick, I sent her a care package full of blueberry-themed stuff. Uh, and then later I realized, this is even the bad stuff, but then later I realized, oh, I hadn't meant blueberry, I'd meant, uh, like, raspberry. <laughs> <laughs> That's not even the bad bit. So she'd given me, like, a full blueberry bush as she was because I don't have a garden she was going to plant it in her garden so I could come by and get fresh blueberries I gave her a two pound uh, chocolate powder mix (laughs) (laughs) oh no oh no how did she react well she's fortunately British so I was like oh thank you very much (laughs) I've never been more happy to be surrounded by British people before because you could never tell me that you were honestly disappointed. Was it Nesquik? No, it was like a Danish brand because she'd... It's even worse because I'd heard her tell uh, a Canadian person that she missed... She'd once been in Canada and she'd tasted the chocolate powder thing. And then I just got her Danish and I was like, it's probably better than the Canadian one. I don't think she thought it was. Okay. Well, I forgive you. <sighs> Thank you. I feel so much better, doesn't it? It really does. It's a weight, a weight lifted. Um, and now it's time for everyone's favorite section Daddy Hole. I believe it's my turn to improvise the jingle. I believe it is. <clears throat> He's making a list. (laughs) He's checking it twice. 
of all the times he thought you were bad and not nice. Daddy's never coming <laughs> to town. He doesn't care if you are sleeping. He doesn't care if you're awake. He doesn't care if you've been bad or good. Because he just doesn't care. <laughs> so Sophie, how have you filled your daddy hole this week? I have purchased an orthopedic pillow to put under my knees when I'm sleeping to lessen the strain on my back because I'm 30. And did it work? Did he come back? No. So, Jody, uh, how did you fill your daddy hole this week? I looked up how to stop my jeans shrinking in the wash. And did it work? Did he come back? No. That's that. <laughs> <laughs> right, let's do this. <laughs> it's time to introduce. Dinosaur. Which dinosaur? The dinosaur. Yeah, but which one? The one which we wear. Projectile. Oh, that dinosaur. So this dinosaur, because um, the, the theme is Christmas, so I, I found a dinosaur that reminds me a lot of Christmas, and it's called a Nanuksaurus hukulondi. Um, so Nanuk means polar bear, and... Uh, Saurus means lizard, so it's like a polar bear lizard. And then Hoglundi, which is like the, the thing after the name, is um, it honors the Texan philanthropist Forrest Hoglund. Um, and it's probably pronounced differently, but it sounds like a Scandinavian name, but it's not, it's Texas. Hog, Hoglund, Hoglund. Uh, and it was, I found a thing where um, it's so cute. So because it's uh, uh, named after him, uh, and then when they told him, so he's a Dallas entrepreneur, and when they um, told him that they'd named a dinosaur after him, he said, I'm not going to do the accent. <laughs> Should I do the accent? I shouldn't do the accent. No. <laughs> I feel like that's probably wrong. Uh, he said, I've been called an old dinosaur a number of times in my life, but I guess now the name fits, said Hoglund, who's nearing his 81st birthday. What's that? A really old man, probably with a white beard. Santa. All right. <laughs> So, the Nanuxaurus <laughs> is like half the size of a Tyrannosaurus rex. And it was found in uh, the north of Alaska. Okay, so we believe that it lived at a time when it was very, very cold and it was probably, possibly snow. Okay, and the reason they know that... Uh, I, I, we have a new paleontologist now that I super, super love uh, who's called Dr. F Fiorillo... And uh, Fiorillo, let's get his first name. And so Anthony R. Fiorillo, I've never heard a, a more weirdly placed uh, word like cool or <laughs> the word exciting. But this is how he chooses to use it. Uh, the pygmy, is that how you pronounce pygmy? Pygmy. Pygmy. Mm. The pygmy tyrannosaur alone is really cool. Because it tells us something about what the environment was like in the ancient Arctic. Awesome. But what makes this discovery even more exciting, <laughs> really, can it be more exciting, <laughs> is that the Nanoxaurus Hoglundi also tells us about the biological richness of the ancient polar world during a time when the Earth was very warm compared to today. Right? <laughs> and another misplaced, woo! <laughs> uh, so it's like half the size of a Tyrannosaurus rex, uh, there's been some frustration over the size of it. There's been some negative voices in the paleontology world. I am who, shocked. Right? <laughs> he wasn't bitchy enough that we can place him in the Roskiller corner of shame. But you know that's my favorite section. I know it was, and I was so happy when I saw that someone was a bit bitchy, but he wasn't bitchy enough. Yeah. But we he have was to reserve like, it for, we don't want to cheapen the Roskiller corner. Exactly. And he's just, I think we'll get him at some point. I mm. bet this uh, paleontologist, will, he will turn out another point when he's less controlling of his emotions because he was um, definitely angry it's for truly toxic masculinity the Ross Geller corner yeah. of shame there's a surprising amount of paleontologists who are just 
furious with everyone and everything. <laughs> so, um, so, but there are some who are a bit of, it's every time they find a dinosaur who they're like, it's a new dinosaur and it's tiny. There's always some paleontologists who are like, well, maybe it's just like uh, the other dinosaur, but it's just a baby. That's, yeah. But they found a certain thing. <laughs> they found a thing in this one's um, jaw mm-hmm. that only exists in adults. So they know that it was, this is like the size. That's why they call it a pygmy tyrannosaur, because it's tiny compared to the other tyrannosaurs. In all of the drawings, <laughs> in, all of the, in all of the Polaroids, uh, it's shown with like, like a white fur. Ooh. Yeah, so it's like a Tyrannosaurus with like a white fur. I mean, like it's actual fur. It's not wearing like a <laughs> vintage a fur, sheet. A fur coat. I got this from Brick Lane. <laughs> <laughs> Dinosaurs get Sundays off, you know. Um, according to paleontologists, about seventy million years ago, wow, northern Alaska was part of an ancient subcontinent called Laramedia and experienced cold weather and long periods of darkness and light, in addition to seasons in which food was not readily available. Prey availability likely would have increased suddenly during the summer, but then declined in the dark winter, leaving predators with little to eat. Mm. So it's quite a... Well, we can imagine. It feels a bit Christmassy, doesn't it? Yeah. Snow and stuff, and yeah. apart from the little to eat yeah. bit. But that's why they think it was so small, because they were like, well, there wasn't that much food. Uh, so that's probably why... Evolution made them small. Clever. Now, get into this, okay? The shape of its skull suggested that it had an inflated area of its brain devoted to smell, which suggests that the animal relied heavily on scent to hunt its prey, just like Santa. (laughs) Similar to Tyrannosaurus rex. The heightened sense of smell in Tyrannosaurines suggests that it's more likely that they actively hunted prey instead of scavenging carcasses. Just like Santa. (laughs) I couldn't find more similarities. I had to do something. So, yeah, that's my dinosaur, the Nanoxaurus Hukulundi, because it's named after Santa Claus and it has a lot of the same uh, character traits. Such yeah. as um, hunting its prey. <laughs> because, because today is the 24th of December, <laughs> which is Danish Christmas. Is yours is, yeah, yours is the 25th, right? Yeah. We do it on the 24th, and the 25th is Christmas over. You have a different Christmas? We have a different, and it's in the evening, not in the morning. It's almost as if it's a capitalist construct. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? What? <laughs> now you're going to tell me Santa isn't real? What happens in Danish Christmas? Uh, a lot of fighting amongst fam. Oh, you mean just like in general? Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't. It doesn't. I mean, a lot of people have different things happening during the day. People. Some people will go to church, mm. uh, but then in the evening, so it start, kind of only starts in the evening, and you have a big meal, like duck or uh, I want to say goose, duck or goose, mm. um, or tur- turkey, not turkey. Oh, um, like a fleskestai. It's like a ham thing, pork thing. Is anyone from Denmark who can translate the Danish Christmas foods? That's so weird. In a crowd of 4,000 people, not a single one. (laughs) (laughs) But the best part is um, the browned potatoes. So it's basically caramelized potatoes. Stay with me. Tiny, the tiny potatoes that are boiled, and then you put them on a pan with like sugar and butter. And it, uh, no, you have no idea. It's so fucking good. You have no, you, you taste them and then you can do that face. <laughs> I'm now actively pointing out audience members who make a noise. It's the best food. It is so fucking good. Then we have, uh, so there's brown potatoes, regular potatoes for the naysayers, for the haters. And then like a brown sauce. And then we have uh, pickled um, cabbage and um, then the meat bit. Then we have crisps that we put on the plate. Crisps, like just crisps, like potato chips. Yeah. Okay. yeah, it's like that is three types of potatoes on one fucking plate, mate. Right? Get in there. Uh, and then our dessert is risalamang, which is like a rice, like a sweet rice thing. And then the game is we put you put a tiny almond 
uh, into the rice thing. And then yeah. the person, when you, you share it around, the person who gets the almond wins a marzipan pig. <laughs> <laughs> you know. <laughs> Can I just Christmas. Why? Why? Because <laughs> you got the almond. And then, of course. So you win the marzipan pig. The pig. <laughs> dance around, you dance around the Christmas tree. That's not a Danish thing, right? We Is that don't. a Danish thing? Yeah. <laughs> No, we dance around the Christmas tree. My family would never permit such a thing. <laughs> you put the Christmas tree and then you dance around and mm. singing songs. No. Really? That's a Danish no, we thing. We don't do that. Huh. <laughs> well, then we do that. To be fair, my family does a Catholic Christmas, which I feel is probably more austere than other people. Maybe other people dance around the Christmas tree. We sit and silently think about God. Everyone's favorite Christmas activity. <laughs> What's a uh, uh, Catholic Christmas? Oh, to be fair, the family that I spend tend to spend Christmas with don't do a Catholic Christmas. They do a fantastic capitalist Christmas <laughs> with many presents. Um, but Catholic Christmas is just like you go to church and then you think about Jesus. I mean, we do have the church. There's a lot of people who go to church. Yeah. But um, I don't. Do you think about your... <laughs> My family like to think about the many sins we've committed during the year. <laughs> well, I don't think I don't think there's a time in my life where I don't do that. <laughs> I, don't, I don't just do that at Christmas. It's like a more general thing. Can I ask what um, what Christmas means to you? Um, and not in the oh, tell me good things about Christmas, but like what what has it meant for you in the past? Because it, it sounded like the beginning of a Christmas song. It sounded like there was going to be like sleigh bells, and we're going to be like, what Christmas means to. But that's not what I. Someone buried a 5p in this pudding. Now my tooth is broken. La 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 Christmas. That's our equivalent of the almond, actually. I don't know why I was mocking Wait, the almond. Wait, is that a thing? Yeah. Wait, what? It's a horrible, horrible version of the almond pig. But you put like I... metal in the. Metal, yeah. That's like a. It's that's fun. like if you had to parody what like an orphanage in Denmark would be like, well, we can't afford almonds, but I found this dirty. Five p in the street that a million people have touched into the food it goes. They put into this oatmeal. (laughs) The person who gets the oatmeal gets to write a letter to their family. Oh no, wait. (laughs) Sorry, so you put money into my five p. I sent a letter to my dad Merry Christmas. Um, Yeah, the five. I never thought about the five p, but it is horrible. Is that a thing? Yeah. Are you fucking kidding me? You judged me for you judge. Is that a thing in your family? Do people judge me for the brown potatoes? <laughs> okay. <laughs> that is so. What and do you put it into? Into uh, the Christmas pudding. What's yeah. a Christmas pudding? Christmas pudding is like a fruit cake. That, oh I God. mean, my nana. I'd prefer the five p. I wish the five p broke my face so I didn't have to eat. <laughs> The fruit cake. Well, the fruit, the Christmas pudding. My family are massive foodies, so my na- my nana takes Christmas food really, really seriously, and she's an amazing cook. So the Christmas cake gets made like five months before Christmas, and it, it is, is a, that fruit- a good thing. Yeah, because what she does is she feeds it. This is what you're supposed to say. She feeds it alcohol, like it's an evil cake baby <laughs> with a problem. Like it's a little shell of horrors. Yeah, and she tells it when you go and stay with her, she'll be like, "I just have to go upstairs to feed the cake." <laughs> and she like goes up with the whiskey and then comes back down. She's like, "Oh, it was thirsty today." <laughs> cake was dusty i've been feeding it for months it's very creepy but so delicious do you put uh do you put food into in the attic for santa um not in the attic do you put it in the attic yeah so we place rice porridge in the attic for the small elves to come in I don't know why I'm not. I shouldn't just laugh at the fact that you have different <laughs> traditions. I'm disgusted with myself. Rice pudding. Yeah, so that's like our main prison grill. It's like rice porridge. <laughs> I can see you smiling behind that. Those pierced lips. <laughs> yeah, and then you go up and you check, and then if you can see if someone's taken some, it's probably the little elf. Yeah. Oh, does Santa, Santa well, brings like, elves with him? No, so he only comes on Christmas Eve. Um... When do you open your presents? 
the after we've danced around the Christmas tree. <laughs> but do you do that on the twenty fourth or the twenty yeah, fourth? Okay, but and then, then we when, go to bed on the twenty fifth. There's nothing. But then when? But if he comes on Christmas Eve, yeah, does he come on the the night of the twenty third? No, twenty fourth. What are you not understanding? Everything's the twenty fourth. <laughs> but then, but then you're awake when Santa comes. Yeah, but he comes when you're sleeping. No, he doesn't. <laughs> Why don't you have the same creepy Santa that we do? He comes uh, down your chimney when you're sleeping. Oh, uh, excuse me. Our Santa's way creepier because he sl- sort of looks like your uncle. <laughs> and has like a weird detachable beard. Oh, yeah. And then he does a weird, hello, kids. I'm definitely not your uncle. And then he gives you presents. Oh, so you meet Santa? Yeah. And he brings... Wow. I have photos with Santa. <laughs> You've not so met cool. Santa? Well, I have, but that was the that was the Grotto Santa that you visit what? at the Garden Santa. <laughs> Don't you the Grotto do Santa. Yeah. Oh, this is a great thing. Do you mm. have um, TV Christmas uh, like calendars? So we'll we'll have like each channel, each Danish channel will have like our our version of BBC, our version of ITV. We'll have a twenty four part series. It starts on the 1st, ends on the 24th. It's a fucking amazing. Uh, so, like, it'll be like... Um, British people with a horrible, austere calendars. <laughs> Magical. So there's, like, two types. There's for, there's for children, which is mm. usually, like, you know, um, uh, you know, Santa's gone. We need to find Santa. And then it's, like, the travel... Or, like, Christmas disappeared. We need to find Christmas. So we have to go through time and see, like, where Christmas starts and what it's like in other countries, etc. cetera. Uh, but then there's the adult. The, the best one is an adult one. Uh, <laughs> I can hear it now when I say it out loud um, about a father who uh, abducts his own children and then ties them up in his cabin in the woods what? because they're all like no, none of them are speaking anymore they don't want to speak to their father anymore because he did something bad to them and then in the 24 episodes it's about him trying to get them to love each other and him because he's uh, fatally ill uh, so he's going to die at some point it's fucking great it's so good so it's just about these kids who are like now adults uh, who are just like processing trauma while this dad has a shotgun and he's just like we're gonna celebrate Christmas together one fucking last time and they're all like I can never forgive you for what you did and you're like what did you do it's really fucking dark so on the 24th a lot of it is watching the last episode of the Christmas series wow <laughs> that is I don't know what to say. That's so good. Really fucked up. <laughs> really to, good. <laughs> I'm trying to remember the name of it. It's so good. Wow. So no, that's like a thing. So each evening that. the kids will watch like yeah. two or three different short episodes. No, we just have like um uh like chocolate calendars that you like oh, we open up. Yeah, we don't do you do I, present calendars? Well, I you wasn't, get a present each day. I wasn't allowed a chocolate calendar because I was lactose intolerant as a child. But this is the UK. Don't they just give you like fucking raisins or something? Well, in my my mum tried your to grandmother do this, has like, pissed on for three months. <laughs> Sorry, I'm really offended about the fruitcake. That's such a horrible. Oh, I don't. You just made feeding the cake baby so much worse. Oh. It lives in the room I stay in as well. It's on top of the wardrobe. Lives, a cake shouldn't live. She's got a horrible image of Nana like squatting. <laughs> okay, I'm just going to move past it. It's fine. Um, <laughs> yes, well, of course, there is the traditional pissed on raisins that, <laughs> that we all know and love. Um, My mum my tried to do a really nice thing and she made me my own calendar and she like sewed it herself and it was like a big um, piece of fabric that I could uh, hang on the wall and it had all these pockets on it that I could have little presents in. But then I just, I never appreciated because Saskia would get like some chocolate from her chocolate calendar and I would get like a hairbrush. <laughs> Lame. Uh, a hairbrush just—it just lasts longer, and you can get chocolate that isn't in a. Yeah, and obviously, as an adult, I'm like a hairbrush, fucking sick, <laughs> useful. But as a child, I was just like, oh, 
more efficiency when I get ready for preschool. <laughs> the best one I got was on the 24th. I must have been eight, and I got Jumanji on VHS. Holy shit, what, what a, a great the greatest Christmas in my entire life. Some of my presents were like a packet of handy andies for school. <laughs> I don't want to know what a handy andy is. <laughs> I don't want to know. You are ruining all of the things that I took as a normal... A They're like a little, a little packet of um, Sounds tissues. Like the guy from school, you're not allowed to go in here. Yeah, that, that's handy Andy over you're there. Right. Don't. <laughs> I wouldn't. We're not speak friends to him. with him. <laughs> <laughs> when do you go? Wait, but if the if the rice porridge is in the attic, yeah, and Santa is giving you the presents, yeah. Does he just let his elves go into the attic? No, Who so the, the... the rice porridge... Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> the rice porridge is for the elves, so that's just up there, like, yeah. throughout Christmas. Yeah. So whenever they want to come and just have some rice porridge. Okay. Uh, Santa, I imagine, has his own. <laughs> somewhere else. So the rice porridge is for the elves, and they don't need to arrive with Santa. They're their own elves. They don't need him to guide them along. Yeah, empowered elves. Empowered elves. Uh, so yeah, Santa just, I think he's too busy to have a big meal on a day like that. Yeah. How old were you when you stopped believing in Santa? What? It's <laughs> <laughs> so when I caught him in a lie. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, <laughs> I don't think I ever believed. I don't really remember believing. I know there's a picture of me when I was four meeting Santa but that was my grandfather, and I'm pretty sure I spotted that. Your grandfather, the psychopath yeah. grandfather. Yeah. Why is Santa emotionally abusing me? <laughs> oh, fun. Um. <laughs> it's just you unwrapping a present. It's just an empty box. Huh? Santa? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, all I wanted for Christmas was this emotional baggage to process for life in therapy. <laughs> Thanks, Santa. Uh, uh, yeah, I don't think I ever believed. I don't remember believing. Did you believe? No, I, my mom justifies telling me about Santa because, um, and this is a direct quote, I had too many questions. <laughs> so... And she, but I asked her about it quite recently because my my cousin, who's like a bit too old to believe in Santa, still believes in Santa. But just because she knows she gets more presents that way, um, very clever of her. I respect it. She's playing the long game. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, I think when I was like six, I was sitting in the kitchen with my mum, and I was asking her what apparently what happened if Santa was ill. Mum was like, "Oh well, if Santa's ill, Mrs. Claus." delivers all of the presents and I was like well then but why doesn't that must happen sometimes like why doesn't <laughs> Mrs. Claus get acknowledged for all of the work that she does um mum was, was just like he's not real <laughs> I was like oh okay did you have many friends no <laughs> I asked too many questions <laughs> But now I have lots of friends. <laughs> um, do you feel uh, um, a pressure to spend the Christmas in a certain way? Like, if you ever wanted, to, like, would you be able to not spend Christmas the way you wanted, the way they would want you? Do you know what I'm at, trying to mumble my way into? Yeah. It was I, it, I, about five years ago. Mm. No, eight years ago. I started meeting people who didn't celebrate Christmas, and it was like that possibility had just never been a thing for me. Mm. And I was like, oh, shit, of course. That was the first time I realized that on Christmas Eve, which I guess is your Christmas morning or day or whatever weird thing you're doing, <laughs> that, that's what, that there would be people out there who didn't have, like who didn't want to be home, basically. Yeah. Sorry, I'm just, I'm, I'm thinking about my dream Christmas where I don't have to do anything now in my own Is that head. your dream Christmas? Well, I'm, no, I mean, I think... Mm. 
I very much feel as though I have to do Christmas in a certain way still. But it's because I am from, like, a single-parent family. So, like, there's... I think at Christmas, it's like we all go and spend Christmas together, which I don't have a problem with. I think it's a really, really nice thing to do. Um, But I love it, Mum. I love it, Mum. (laughs) We both can't wait for Christmas. (laughs) We're very appreciative. (laughs) But... Yeah, I think that, I think everyone experiences that pressure or like to do whatever their family is doing during this particular festive season. Okay. It's like everything gets heightened. Yeah. Like I don't I've not spoken to my father for like three years or something. But there was always this um, uh, like tradition where he would come by and give us presents. By presents, it would be uh, like 50 quid wrapped in something. Mm. Like once it was just wrapped in toilet paper. <laughs> and that was it wow. or like in a little um, matchbox or like whatever he could find mm. it's great 50, 50 pounds but still it's like make an effort <laughs> um, but that's not what he's known for doing so I, but, get, I get 50 pounds in Topshop vouchers oh yeah yeah that's what I get but from each of your dads though because that's cheating oh no two of them don't bother oh, only okay. one of them good then I feel better Ricky, Ricky. Everyone. <laughs> oh, edit that out because that's from another episode. <laughs> uh, yes, but there's this thing where so my sister still speaks to him. So he'll mm. come by and say hi to her and deliver the presents. Mm. But I, at the moment, it's still so awkward that I need to figure out. Like I need to make sure that I'm not there when he's there. I need to make sure he goes to my sister's place and not to my, to my mother's place where I am. And it's still, it just gets so tense. Like normally it wouldn't be a problem. But now it's like, oh shit, it's Christmas. Because it has to be a nice time it of year you mean nice like you can't and, spoil it and you can't really on christmas eve that's not the day where you yeah. reject your father's present yeah like it's just become so much more doesn't it yeah it wouldn't be that it was just like a fucking 10th Normal of july yeah. i know it is really really intense i mean my my family's high pressure thing is the is the food because my family uh, the food is like insane so we spend like the whole two days before christmas like prepping this feast and if we're up at my yeah feeding the feast with urine (laughs) and um i take my shiwi up just to make things more efficient um no i mean at my nana's there's so much food that she has this huge kitchen but a lot of the food goes in the shed because it's scotland and it's cold so the shed becomes like the fridge and if you go in there it's like a chipolata palace you look everywhere and you're like meat um they got really scared once because i was like seeing someone that was vegan and they started like whispering about christmas they were like but what if what if I was like, we have like 30 different types of vegetable that we serve with this food. It will be fine. They were like, but what, babe? The three kinds of mean meat. <laughs> I was like, ah, because there are three kinds of main meat that get served. And the whole thing is like this really intense phase, like hazing experience. And there are like three different kinds of peas. One of them is mushy. Who knows why? Um, yeah. Right? weird that's such a okay. Brit- the, ma- the main the best thing about Britain is the way mm. you will manage to take a vegetable and just add a lot of butter to it before you'll eat it yeah it's my favorite thing Christmas is the time for buttering yeah. I was buttering <laughs> I was bullied mm. so much for just eating raw peas when I first moved here you can buy the, the, the ones that where the package says you know put it in a microwave I'm like fuck no just eat the peas from the bag with no butter and salt. <laughs> cold, hard. Did peas. you at least have a stick of butter that you licked in between peas? <laughs> well, oh yeah, my 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 pocket butter. Mm. I always have that. I knew you wouldn't let me down. <laughs> um, do you know about uh, Sarah Millican's thing that she does on Christmas? I don't. She t- has a hashtag hashtag join in for people who are alone on Christmas, mm-hmm. and she'll just kind of sweet with them and everyone just gets together and she yeah. has photos of what they're doing and it becomes like this like internet get together for people mm-hmm. who don't have people to spend Christmas with well it is just like fucking shitty for everyone that can't do the like perfect TV Christmas isn't mm-hmm. it like 
When I was growing up, we often just didn't have money. So every Christmas, so one of my many questions when I was a child was like, but why does Santa like to give other children good presents? <laughs> why does he like giving me these handy andies? <laughs> what? <clears throat> I do think it's really, I think it's just like quite disturbing if you like break it down that children are told that they're given money essentially in the form of toys. They're given material things because they're like good children. So the lesson is that children that don't have good toys are bad children. It's just, I think it's bizarre. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's, it's, it's mm. a weird... Like, we, I think my mom would always overcompensate uh, because we were poor as well, but then she would get a Christmas bonus. She would always have, like, the lowest-paying uh, job in, like, a factory. Mm. And then she would overcompensate by because we were poor the whole year... So at the end, she'd get a Christmas bonus, and that would just all go to presents. So we, because she was like, "Oh, we're just three people, just you, me, and my sister." So we need to, you know, I will give you so many presents. So that became like a culture thing. So yeah. now, like, we still have to give so many presents because it's so weird to go down from that. Because it almost feels like something, and it's it's a weird problem to have because now, you know, you know, it's not financially the best time for, I mean, a lot of people. Mm. And then suddenly, it's it's all about the presents. It's so funny because I, I have a lot of um, friends that are from families that have more money. They're like quite well off. And at Christmas, they'll give each other like one present each. And it's much more mm. of a sentimental thing. But yeah, in my family, it's like a proving that you have yeah. the money. But also, I, you would, uh, in my family, you would wish for what you really needed. At Christmas, yeah. yeah. So around like, Last year, so I got a drill. It's fucking great. <gasps> I, that's not my wish. That's for this year. <gasps> I can teach you how to use it. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's kind of hard. No, I, I always ask for shit. I always ask for shit that I need at Christmas. But if, I remember it as being really stressful. Like, oh shit, I really need... Mm. Like, my phone is dying all the time. I need a new phone. And Christmas Eve would just be like, I fucking hope I get this phone because yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm about to... Christmas is like the one time of year when money gets spent because you know mm. that it does like a double thing of being like reassurance that you fit in with everyone else and you've got the money and you also get the things that you need. <laughs> Classic working class bands. You all get it. <laughs> My um, mom hates, uh, hates traditions. So for a few years, she uh, tried to <laughs> convince us that Christmas food was ridiculous. Why can't we just eat pizza? Mm. For a few years, we had pizza. We had fried eel, which I'm going to be honest with you, is the best thing in the world. Do not fight me. I will take you all out, fried eel. Mm. But maybe not for Christmas. I'll agree with you on that. So we got just like bread with like sandwiches and mm. some chicken wings. And so she was yeah. trying to be like, we, you know, you see, my mom hates cooking. She was like, this is just, why, why, we, we don't want to do traditions because that's boring. We don't want to. Let's stick it to the man and have a sandwich. Yeah. <laughs> and it took for a few years for me and my sisters to be like, we need to take her down. <laughs> we need we to ruin it. Give us the <laughs> fucking duck with the fucking brown potatoes. And now we've, we've won that one. The potatoes do sound amazing. It's so good. Mm. I'm kind of tempted mm. to lobby to have a Christmas where we have the delicious food on the day and then we have the presents like a few days after when everything is massively cheaper. Oh. I would quite like that. Like in, yeah, that's like a January thing. Yeah. When there's a sale. Yeah. Get that sweet drill then. You know? I don't know. For me, I feel like Christmas is like such a time for, for like as a queer person, I'm very aware that I know lots of people that Christmas just represents like reje rejection because mm. it's time for family and often their like ties with their family are disrupted. And I have definitely felt like that as well at times so I just the whole ugh, the whole thing I feel like is slightly tainted by the experience of lots of yeah. people I know and also my own experience yeah. to an extent so I'm just like ugh. what would be your advice like there will be probably people listening who um, who might be in that situation what's the mm. thing to do is it just about surrounding yourself with distractions or maybe getting together with friends or yeah, or just like doing something that makes you feel good, I guess. Yeah. Feel like acknowledging that that it is a capitalist holiday and yeah. it doesn't really in theory mean anything. Yeah. Where it's like a good excuse to get together with people. You can do it at other times. It's mostly just advertising, getting in your head, and you're great. 
my friend uh, volunteers with um, like women's shelters and mm. with homeless people and stuff. Yeah, which she says is like her salvation that night. Yeah, awesome times. Awesome times. What a fun Christmas episode! Jingle bells, jingle bells, Dad, you come back now. <laughs> Give us a Christmassy goodnight story. It is indeed time for our Christmassy goodnight story, and. Um, as some of us may know, here at Secret Dinosaur Cult, we like to celebrate erotica. It is one of our favorite things. We do not like to kink shame. We like to celebrate our favorite type of erotica at the moment, which is, of course, dinosaur erotica. And today's bedtime story is called A Billionaire Dinosaur Stole Justin Bieber's Gay Virginity. <laughs> Chuck Tingle? No, it's by Anastasia Angelique, and it becomes apparent very quickly that she's written herself into the story. What a legend. How narcissistic. I I love it. Um, Now, I'm not going to read you an excerpt because it's graphic. Um, No, I'm just going to read you the, um, the synopsis that Anastasia gives for the story, and then please peruse it your own um <clears throat> anyway uh in this first person story anastasia is a college student and childhood friend of best-selling pop singer justin bieber <laughs> justin bieber's attempts to establish a business legacy outside of music leads to a completely unexpected encounter with a dinosaur <laughs> how in the world did dinosaurs appear in justin bieber's time The intense relationship leads to some unexpected answers about the grown-up child star. Is Justin Bieber a flash in the pan? Does anyone know what it means? (laughs) Will he be able to establish himself outside of the world of teeny bopper pop music? Is Justin Bieber gay? Why does he have such a large entourage? Do Anastasia and Justin have a past relationship? This is a 4,500-word, semi-hardcore, erotic short novel which includes includes crude language and dark, surreal humour that satirises pop culture. It is strictly intended for adults. So I'm going to read you some reviews. This is from Naughty Book Girl. They give it five out of five stars, and the title of this is Enjoy It For What It Is... Red Hot Billionaire Dino Erotica. (laughs) Yep, I am giving it five stars. At 22 pages, this is a very quick read and a fun read. It was highly original. It was funny AF. The author pokes fun of believers, his music, his personality, the music industry as a whole, and consumerism. There are even a couple of political digs in there. The sex scene, in all its supreme wrongness, (laughs) was not the worst scene I've ever read. (laughs) No, really, it wasn't. Don't get me wrong, it's not Lady Chatterley's lover. And you shouldn't expect that from a story like this. (laughs) What I'm saying is, the scene had me cracking up, which is what the reader was looking for. It helps that it was better edited than quite a few of the self-published books I've read recently. And then Elisa rated it three stars. When I saw this cover, I knew I had to try it. Brackets. Well, also because it was short and on Kindle Unlimited. (laughs) It's only about 20 pages long and told in first person by the author. It was pretty well written and it made me laugh out loud a couple times. Lots of snark and tongue-in-cheek humour. I don't really know what else to say. Justin Bieber has sex with a dinosaur. Really, that says it all. (laughs) That's wonderful. That's so wonderful. I did give it a read, and I just... I want you to go and read it. Thank you. So... Because this is a cult, you've been to a cult meeting now and you've listened to this podcast in your headphones. So you're now a member of the cult, sus. Sus, not sus. 
So, you need to know the secret cult greeting. If this is the first time you hear it, do pay attention. If you see myself, your cult leader, or Jody, your cult leader, mm-hmm. in the street, um, this is how you will approach us and let us know that you are part of the cult. You put your hands behind your head, spread your fingers into a frill, and then you go... And then we, to reciprocate, to let you know that we know what you mean, that we know you're in the cult, we're going to go... What was that? Santa? that? <laughs> Don't take my library card. <laughs> and that's how you know that we'll... Um, we, we know. know. We know. Yeah. Uh, what do you want to plug, Jody? Oh, this week I would like to plug Sophie Duca. She's an amazing comedian and she has a night called Wacky Racists, which... Are they two she north down? Yeah. She sent us all of her stuff. Excellent. Uh, so yes, Wacky Racist is going to be at Two North Down in 2019 every second Sunday of the month with doors at 6pm. You can follow Wacky Comedy Club on Facebook or at Sophie Dukebox on Twitter. Um, and yeah, Sophie's just hilarious, so you should totally give her a follow. And Wacky Racist is the best. Uh, they play a lot of games during the night. One of them is Race Against Time, where people have to eat some time. <laughs> it's great it's a really really fun comedy night and so yeah. Duke is incredible it's awesome uh, do you want to plug any stuff that you're up to I'm going on tour in uh, April, May and June of 2019 with my show Bubble Rap Happy Fat which is part stand-up part book tour and uh, I have another podcast called Made of Human Podcast and uh, all the information is on sophiehagen.com what do you want to plug Jody? I have a show coming up with my drag king troupe, Pex. It's called Sex, Sex, Men, Men. Uh, It's happening at the end of February for two weeks into March, and it's going to be just the sexiest exploration of masculinity that has ever happened on stage, ever. It's happening at the Yard Theatre in London, so you should get your tickets now because they are selling like hotcakes already. How exciting. Um, And I also have a few special um, nights coming up with my queer, all women and non-binary comedy collective, The Lol Word. We are taking over at Vault Festival. The first of those is on the 15th of January. So you should get tickets for that too. We're doing a prom special. It's going to be queer as fuck. Prom special? Prom. Oh, fair enough. We're just going to be eating (laughs) prawns for an hour. I really wanted to come to the prom special. Uh, Please do come to a Secret Dinosaur Cult live uh, cult meeting. Uh, We have dates coming up in London. (laughs) (laughs) I just realized it'll be out on December 24th. But we'll have dates in January. We will have dates in January and February. Go and, and look March. at them on secretdinosaurcult.com. We will put them there. Yes, go and follow us on Instagram, Secret Dinosaur Cult, on Facebook, Secret Dinosaur Cult, on Twitter, Secret Dino Cult. Sign up for our newsletter to be informed of these live dates and other fun stuff you can do. Uh, in the future, we might get you some badges. Seamless. Yeah. Wonderful. Thank you so much for being such an incredible audience, yeah. you guys. This is the first recording we've done at The Pleasance, and you've yes. just made it great. Thank you so nice. Thank you so so much, guys. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Secret Dinosaur Cult is a Dying Alone Limited production produced by Justine Nicole, Jingle by Harriet Brennan, Apple by Gavin Smart, and Emily Smith. Secret Dinosaur Cult is recorded at the Tessus Theatre. Thank you for listening.